Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This morning I've titled this message, Follow Me. And our sermon text is going to be found in John chapter 11. John chapter 11 verses 1 through 5 and it's on your outline as well. That, I, that you have. If you don't have an outline, raise your hand. One will be given to you right now. But um, it reminds us that God's love for us is great. And I'm not sure if we have a, a real, true, proper understanding of God's love. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, of God's love for you. Amen? Now, this morning... Look at your neighbor again and tell them Jesus loves you. Now tell them like you really mean it. Jesus loves you. Amen. That's better because we cannot put into words what Jesus meant or what he means to us. Amen. I want to tell you that right now at the outset. We can't put into words to describe the love he has for us. You can't bottle it. You can't encapsulate it. It's so immense, you can only just touch it. You can just touch it. And just by touching it, you can be healed, amen? You can be forgiven of your sins. You can be forgiven of your past, no matter where you were, what God brought you out of. How many can say amen to that? Amen. How many are thankful that God loved us before we even knew Him? The scripture that we read earlier, our scripture verse. God loved us before we even knew Him. The Bible says. One of the most difficult things to comprehend in the entire Bible is how a loving God can love me, a sinner, a tax collector, like this video that we just saw. And you got to realize, back in these times, the New Testament times, tax collectors were the most despised, vile people of their time. See, they were, in this case here, they were Jewish, collecting collecting money and basically ripping off their own people, okay? And, and they were despised. They didn't have any friends. They were very wealthy for the most part, but they were despised. And here this man, Matthew, was crying out. He was sick and tired of being sick and tired. You ever been sick and tired of being sick and tired? Because until you get there, things aren't going to change. How many know that? You got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired of your condition. And that's when... The master steps in. Amen? How many have seen that in their life? Amen? Amen. So what I want to talk to you this morning is, is about the life of Jesus and his great love for us. Won't you stand with me this morning? John chapter 11 as we read uh, these next few verses of John chapter 11 starting in verse 1. Starting in verse 1. It says the following. Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Let us pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this morning 
This, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are ever showing us principles, uh, truths in your word, Lord, that apply to us here 2,000 years later. And I pray this morning for your anointing that I would be able to share your word the way you intended. And, Lord, that our ears would be able to grasp and hear and comprehend the spiritual truths contained in it. So I pray that this morning in the name of Jesus and God's people said... Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. How many are thankful for God's love? Amen. Are you thankful this morning? Are you thankful? Every day. Every day, man. Every day you should wake up, as my brother Martin was saying, thanking God just for another day. How many do just like I do every morning? You get up and say, Lord, thank you. I can get up. I can talk. I can walk. And you just begin to praise them by, by doing that. And I think uh, if, you, if you're young here under the age of uh, 29, let's say, uh, once, you, once you get past that age, you just give them thanks even a little bit more. How many know what I'm talking about? Because you don't take those things for granted. You don't take them for granted. We were all, or seemingly all, saw the uh, hostage situation that took place here in Napa County in Yontville. Um, my sister worked there for 30 years and retired now. Um, I have uh, friend, I have actually relatives that went to school with one of the persons that was uh, killed in that in that hostage situation. Tragic, tragic situation all the way around. But here's here's the problem, and you know what it is. I was telling an individual here this morning. It's a sin problem. Our world is bound with sin, and and it's and it's a sad thing that 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 those lives were lost. A pregnant woman was one of the three women. She was seven months pregnant. Along with the man that murdered these women, he was lost spiritually, physically, mentally. And it was, it was a shame that the government that's put in place to help him couldn't help him, that they were not able to help him. But that's because sin reigns in this world. Sin can, can cause us to view things differently, to, to view things so far apart from God that it will cause us to do things like this. Don't ever say, oh, I would never do that. Don't ever say, I could never say that. God forbid, amen. But none of us know what tomorrow holds. All we know is that we put our trust in Jesus one day at a time, amen. amen. But, but this man, you know, and, and I don't want to spend any more time talking about that situation, but just Suffice to say that we need to keep the, that family in prayer. I've, I am praying that the God of peace will bring peace to those family members, that they would come to the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is during this ordeal, during this time, these next few days and weeks. Amen? Um, I, I don't know why this happened. None of us can sit here and, and give an explanation for that, but we can say that, that God knows, God heals, God brings comfort and peace. Amen? So let's continue to pray for those families affected. But getting back to the sermon text here, where Lazarus was dying, and there was a note given. There was a note given here. The Bible says that the sisters, Mary and Martha, sent him a note, sent Jesus a note saying, Behold, behold, he whom you love is sick. Notice that they didn't say, hey, uh, Jesus, Lazarus that loves you so much is sick. They didn't say that. They said, 
He whom you love is sick. That changes uh, the dynamic completely. And, And I don't think we as the church realize how greatly that love is that God has for you and I. Amen? Amen. Let me go back to um, give you an example of that. When Anna and I were dating, oh boy, those, those love notes were just flowing, right? How many can relate to that when you first got engaged or maybe you're just meeting and, and then all of a sudden you start penning things, you know, Hallmark cards. You own stock in Hallmark because you're buying cards left and right. And, and so we got a shoebox at home and it's filled with cards, love notes that we gave each other when we, before we got married. And you know what? It hasn't stopped since then. Anna will surprise me every now and then. She'll put notes on my mirror in the bathroom, on my pillow. She'll make me a lunch sometime, and then she'll put notes in there. Or she, she'll send me texts. I do the same too, okay? It's not just her. But the, the point is we're sending each other love notes. How many have done that before? Amen? Come on now, man. You got to raise your, improve your game here. Step up your game, man. Okay? So one of the things I can do um, that I can just put my words to paper much easier than I can by expressing them. And I know a lot of times that's not the way it is for most men. Most men can, can express it or maybe not. Maybe sometimes, man, we just can't express it very well one way or the other. But I know for me I can express it via, via words written words, much more clear and concise. And, and so I've been able to do that with my wife, and I continue to do that. In the, in the same way, this is what, what Mary and Martha were doing. They were sending a note here to remind Jesus, hey, the servant that you love, because the Bible says that Jesus, uh, other than his family, the closest family unit he had, other than his, his uh, biological brother and, brothers and sisters the Bible talks about, were Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The Bible talks about those three being his closest friends. And, and here they threw that back at him. They said, Lord, behold, Lazarus, whom you love, is dying. He needs your attention How many know that when you need God's attention, you call him up? Just like that song said, what do you do, Martin? You call him up. Call him up. Amen. And the Bible, the Bible tells us that Lazarus was on the doorstep of death. He, the stakes were high. They didn't have time, Mary and Martha, to go consult anybody else. They went straight to Jesus. They had seen the miracles. They had heard about the miracles that had been performed. They went straight to Jesus. Amen. They said, Lord, we need you to heal our little brother. We need you to heal him, save him, deliver him. Amen. Do you know what the note said again? It said, Lord, behold. And sometimes when when you write a note, it's dearest Anna, you know, and then she, on the other end, is expecting, okay, wh- what's he going to say now? What's he going to say? You know, Wayne could be going, dear Irene. And, and I know Wayne's uh, romantic. He, he, I'm sure he's got a big shoebox at home. But here, the Lord Jesus, at the same time, Lord, behold, he was anxiously waiting. Okay, what, what, what's up? He already knew. The Lord knows all things. Amen? But have you ever read the Bible? And you're anticipating what it's going to say next, and then it surprises you? See, when you read that verse again, let me, let me read that so you hear it. Lord, behold, 
He whom you love is sick. Do you understand that? Again, it's not saying, Lord, behold, he who loved you with all his heart, he who followed you, he who was in church every Sunday, every Wednesday night for Bible study, every prayer night is sick. She didn't say that. They didn't say that. She didn't say, he who who gave faithfully of his time, talent, and treasures. They didn't say that. They said, he whom you love. That's the very first thing they said about him. Have you ever thought about that? That God loves you so much? That there's nothing you can say or do that'll ever change that? Have you ever thought about that? Because I really truly think that we don't have the proper biblical understanding of God's amazing love. Now again, that's not a license for us to go and live any which way we please. God does love you, that is truth. God does love you exactly where you're at, but he's not content to leave you there. How many know that? Amen? Amen. Mary and Martha knew this truth. When we need extraordinary help, Jesus offers extraordinary measures. Amen? That's why they went straight to him. Amen. And they began to call upon his name. You know, I, again, just to reemphasize, I was expecting to say, Lord, behold Lazarus, the one that loves you. Behold Lazarus, the one that's never failed you, that's always been there. He shows up every, every Sunday morning to set up. He's, he's there every, every Sunday afternoon to tear down. He's there. He makes meals. He feeds the sick with you. He goes and, and, and he's at every campaign that you've ever made. No, they didn't say that. They said, they said, behold, your servant whom you love is in need. Behold, the one you love is sick. That's interesting that in that heat of the moment, Mary and Martha conclude that what will get Jesus to come and heal Lazarus is not reminding Jesus of Lazarus' love for him, but rather the opposite, reminding Jesus of his love for Lazarus. Amen? That should, that's a shift right there, I think, in our thinking. I think oftentimes we try to say, well, Lord, I, I've been there for you. I've done this. I've done that. I, I, I pray every night. You know, I pray every morning. Uh, I, I pray five times a day. What, you fill in the blank. And you fill it in with all these do's, and you expect that to get you a place with the Lord. The Lord's saying, no. None of that counts. Those are great things that you should do. You should be reading your Bible. You should be praying. You should be attending church. You should be giving of your time, your talents, your treasures, and so forth. But what the Lord is mostly interested in is that, do you realize He loves you? He loves you this morning. Amen? How much of my life following Jesus have I made it about performance and about do's and don'ts? See, we can get too caught up in, in, in doing and, and trying to be like this, at this standard, right? Because that's when I feel accepted or that's when I believe God will, will accept me. Let me remind you here today, the Bible says in the Old Testament, the scripture says that our goodness, our goodness comes up as filthy rags before him, right? No matter how good you think you are, there's always someone gooder right? To use improper English. There's always someone gooder. There's always someone faster. There's always someone better. There's always someone smarter. 
So, so you can't sit here and tell me, oh, well, I got to do this, I got to do that. We, 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 we can get very legalistic if we, if we do that. I want to remind you today, God loves you right where you're at, but he's not content to leave you there, amen? He's not content to leave you there. Just like he didn't leave Lazarus there. He didn't just say, well, I love him and, and left him there. No, amen. Could it be this morning, could it be that this book right here this morning, this word of God here is not actually about your love for God as it is God's love for you? Have you thought about that? That this book, which is a love story, by the way, it's a love story of God's love for you. It was never intended to be your love for God. You've got it all twisted if that's how you viewed this book, if that's how you live your life. You should love God. Don't get me wrong, but this book is entirely about God loving you. Amen? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, again, are the closest family unit to Jesus other than his own natural family. You know, there's a re reoccurring theme in the New Testament that those closest to Jesus seem far more preoccupied with Jesus' love for them than their love for Jesus. Did you catch that? There's a recurring theme in the New Testament that those that are closest to Jesus seem far more preoccupied about the love Jesus has for them than their love for Jesus. Example of that is John the disciple. John. John seems to be part of the three, the three that are extra close to Jesus. How many remember in the New Testament when, uh, so for example, Jesus was, or John was there when Jesus was being crucified. John was the one pictured in the Last Supper with his head on the master's shoulder. And this is what John said. He said, he said this, John, the disciple whom Jesus loves, John, did you know that John said that five different times in the New Testament? John, his own words were the disciple whom Jesus loves. He didn't say John, the disciple that loves Jesus. No, he understood this love of God. He said, I am John, the disciple whom Jesus loves. That's a, that's a shift. That's a dynamic that we need to understand to better walk in the, in the fulfillment of what God and the plan that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Maybe we don't fully understand the extent of God's love this morning, but John 3.16, which is the most quoted verse in the entire Bible, hints at that. John 3.16 again says, For God so loved the world that he gave not his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we all know that. We know that scripture by heart. God so loved the world. God, what, what it's really saying is, God loved this, this world, this sinful system, the state that we're in, not the, not the acts that take place, not the shootings that take place, but he loves you and I so much that he sent his son to die on a cross to give us a new life, amen? amen. To give us new birth, amen? Are you like me? Sometimes I feel like God will give to me and bless me if I love him. Lord, help me to love you more. Help me to love you more. If I could only love God more, then maybe I'll, I'll walk in, 
in truth and or as the Bible says in spirit and in truth John chapter 4 verse 24 Lord if help me to love you more help me to love others more see that's a trap that we can get caught in of trying to do more and more and more and and you got to be careful with that because that that will tend to make you legalistic in a way of trying to do these things that you're not capable of doing you know how many of us know that we can only do what what you can do you can't do what your neighbor does you know don't compare yourself to somebody else don't compare yourself to pastor rick don't compare yourself to the person next to you on your left or your right don't don't even be thinking well i'm better than that person no don't even think that don't even think that you are an individual every one of you as the bible says are uniquely and wonderfully made amen amen, amen. God loves you. God so loved the world. <coughs> God loves the world. He loves the sinner. Yes, he loved that shooter the other day. He loved him. That's his child. And it's not up to me to, to judge that person. And I'll say it again here, what Billy Graham used to say all the time. God is our judge. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. And it's my job to love on people. I truly believe that. It's God's job to judge. But again, God loves everybody here. Amen? Amen. He, he gives you recourse. If you failed him, don't beat yourself up over it. That's what the devil wants you to do. And the devil's a liar. How many know that? The devil wants to keep you oppressed. He wants to keep you down. He doesn't want you to grow and fulfill the purpose and plan for your life. That you might become a, a threat out here to his kingdom. Amen? God is love. And let me tell you about this. God doesn't feel love. God doesn't do love. God is love. Amen. He is love. When you view God, it's love. He, he encompasses everything about love. It isn't just an attribute of his, although I've heard that said. He is love. He is love. God cannot can no more deny himself than stop loving you. It is who he is. God is always consistent with his character. God, if God is love and he's consistent with that character, that means that if I mess up, doesn't mean God loves me any less. That's what the world, that's what the enemy would have you believe. That, oh, I messed up. I, I can never get back to where I need to be with God. God will never forgive me. How many know that's a lie from the pit of hell right now? Amen? Amen? That's a lie from the pit of hell. God, again, wants to remind you, he loves you so much. Amen. He loves you. And he, all he wants is for you to get on your knee and say, Lord, forgive me. I need you. Just like the tax collector in the video. I believe with all my heart because I feel that I relate to that video. And I was telling somebody here earlier, every time I play that video, I just start tearing up because it reminds me of myself lost without a savior and going to hell. Just like that tax collector. He felt the loss. He, but then there was something. There was something that shifted as Jesus spoke. As he, as he heard the word of God, something shifted. And he saw the need for, for, for salvation in his life, probably for the first time in his life. And he chose to follow Jesus that day to have, he said, have mercy upon me. And when you and I said that for the first time and watched Jesus come into our lives, 
that's truly when we experience his love for us for the very first time. Amen? Amen. God's love is always amazing. You may have read John 3.16, and you may still feel this way, that I don't deserve this, Lord. I don't deserve that. And you're probably right. We, we don't deserve it. We don't. God's word is just, not only is he, is he loving, but he's merciful. Amen. He's merciful, full of grace, full of grace. Amen. When I read John 3.16, you may be like me. You may be saying, Lord, but, but there's people like, like this shooter. There's people like these other school shootings. There's people, and you fill in the blank of these evil people out in the world that you may say, Lord, you have to love them. But you know what? God sent his son to die for them as well. All of them. All of them. You and I can't sit here and say, well, no. You and I can be saved, but that person can't. That's not your call. That's his call. Amen? Amen. Am I the only one who, when I really mess up or do something I say I'd never do, am I the only one when you feel God's love that you can sense it? Can you sense God's love? Can you sense him wrapping his arm around you spiritually? The Bible says that he would come up to us as a, as, a, as a mother hen would around her chicks and just protect them and love them. Have you ever felt that love? Amen. Amen. There's something about that powerful love. When you know you don't deserve it, when you know you don't deserve it, there's something amazing about that love. And Mary and Martha knew that love. That's why they can go out and send Jesus a note saying, Master, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. You may have said at a point in time in your life where you failed the Lord, or maybe that's you today, and you've done something and you, that's pushed you away from him. You're not where you used to be or where you need to be. And you said, Lord, give me space. I need space. And you know why that is? It's sin. Sin creates a gulf between us and the Lord. Amen? Sin is a gulf. You cannot be in the presence of God with sin. God Almighty says, just cast your cares upon me. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for mercy and I will forgive you. Amen? See, there was somebody that had this same experience. Remember Peter? When Jesus filled Peter's boat with fishes, remember? He said, cast your nets. And the Bible says that that Peter cast his net. That's another sermon for another time. But Jesus told him, cast your nets. And he cast one net. And the Bible says it was filled with fishes. And, and as he was pulling them up on his boat, he began to tell them, get away from me. He, what Peter began to realize is, I can't be in the presence of God, me in my sinful state, my unbelief, I'm here in the presence of the Lord, and I don't understand what's going on right now, which was the love of Christ. Amen? And, and he realized at that moment, there was a gulf, there was a separation. But how many know that God's love brings us to repentance? God's love brings you to repentance. That was God's plan right there, that Peter would come to repentance and recognize Wow, I need this. I need this person, this master, this savior. I need him in my life. He speaks words of wisdom and this love, this, this language I've never heard before. Peter 
understood what we understand that socially in a relationship, a relationship is two-way. How many know that? A good relationship is two-way. Not one way, it's two ways. And all the women said amen? Because I know us men. Relationship, if we're going to be in a relationship, you have to hold up your end of the relationship. Peter understood that at that moment. And he knew he couldn't hold his end up. And that's why he felt guilty. And he said, Lord, get away from me. I I can't be in your presence. Because at that moment, he recognized, I can't do this. And he was absolutely right. He can't do it. You and I can't do it without the Lord's help. Amen? We need his love in our relationship. We take that thinking and that philosophy and transfer it upon our relationship to God. We believe that God is waiting for us to hold up our end of the relationship. Don't be that person like Peter that says, Lord, I know you love me, but I'm a sinful person. Get away from me. Depart from me. I know because I was there at one time. I was, that's how I felt. That's why I relate to that video. And there's some other, other videos that we've played here before that I so relate to. There was a distance between me and God. And it was at that point that I recognized I needed him. And it was his love. I wanted it, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how to, to, to grab that. And the Lord is just saying, just receive. Just receive it. It's that simple. It's just receiving it. And, and so Peter, Peter, uh, um, Peter began to receive that love there on that boat. And, and then in this story that we're reading about Lazarus, he also received that great love. And, and you know the story. I'm not, I'm not going to go take the time to read that story, how Jesus raised him from the dead. Amen. God understood that humanity could never hold up their end of their relationship. God knew that. He knew that from the very beginning. So he sent his son to do for you what you and I could not do. Amen? He sent his son Jesus to do what you and I could not do for ourselves. God's love is extravagant. It's extraordinary. It's immeasurable. You can't measure it. You can't encapsulate it. It's all knowing. It's all growing. It's, it's just impossible to contain. Amen? He won't stop loving you. Church, this morning, if you're hurting, if, you're, if you think you're in a place where you, you're not right, let me tell you, you're in the right place. You're in the right place, amen? His love is here to forgive you of those sins, amen? His presence is here. You can try to shake him. You can try to trick him. You can try to run away from him. You can try to be like Jonah and run away. And all that's going to happen is a great fish is going to swallow you up. And you don't want that to happen. You cannot run away from God's presence. Doesn't matter where you go. American Canyon, Napa, Vallejo, Richmond, wherever you go. You can't run away from God's presence. God's presence, his love seeks you out. I, I, I liken it to a, the modern warfare technology, a heat-seeking missile. It's attracted to heat, those missiles. And that's how they zero in on their target. God's love is just like that. It zeroes in right on you. And until it hits, until, until it finds you, it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. So if you're running, it's going to get you. It's going to get you, amen? God's love is going to get you. 
God's love is contagious once it does get you. How many know that? God's love is contagious, amen? Once he fills you with that forgiveness, number one, and then he fills you with his love, and then how you begin to express love for others that you never could have dreamed possible. Only he can do that, amen? Only God can do that. I realized this, you know, when I, when I walked away from the Lord as a young believer, um, I remember I, I've shared this story with you. I was first saved in a, what's considered a, basically it's a Christian cult, and um, I won't get into all those details, but I got saved there, and then after a, a few years, I, I got lost because um, they were the only group in the world that was right. They were teaching doctrine that said they were the only right ones, and everybody else was lost and going to hell. That's why I say it was a Christian cult. And then I left that, and I didn't know where to turn, and consequently, I fell back into my old ways. And how many know that the Bible says that when you walk away from the Lord after knowing him, it will be seven times worse. The Bible says that. And lo and behold, it became really, really bad. It became really bad until one day I found myself as the prodigal son. I came to my senses feeding the pigs is what I felt like. I was feeding the pigs going... What in the world am I doing here today? What am I doing here in this place right now in this environment? What am I doing here? I woke up that day. Jesus woke me up and I've never looked back. Never looked back. Amen. But, but you know, I, I, I tried to avoid God. But everywhere I turned, I felt his presence. See, here's one thing about a backslider. You don't have to remind them that God loves them. They know it. Everywhere they go. God reminds them every day. Everywhere they go, they know what they've experienced, what they've done, what God's done for them. They don't have to be reminded, even though I will remind you, amen? Life will remind them every day. The Lord will remind them. And it's God's love that will cause you to turn to repentance. How many know that? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10 says the following. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us us let me say that again this is love not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for us the propitiation that's just the word meaning he's our atonement he took our place for us on the cross see we should have we should have been nailed to a cross to pay for our sins but the bible says Jesus humbly went to the cross for you and I our sins should have actually put him there on that cross. Our sins, your sins, my sins, put him on that cross. But he took your place. He took your punishment. Amen. That's how much he loves you, church. That's how much he loves you today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. What an amazing message that is of his love for us. I'm just trying to help you to grasp that amazing love he has for you. This is the gospel, the good news. His love for you. His love for you. Amen. It's available to every one of us today. Be careful that you're not just trying to impress God every day. Of, of being like the Pharisee on that video. Of, of saying, God, I thank you that I am not like one of these. Oh, God forbid. That stinks before all high heaven right there. That kind of a spirit. Amen. God, help us to be humble. Help us to love you. Amen. The only thing that we can do to impress God 
is to love his son, Jesus Christ. See, nothing you and I can do can impress anybody. Um, how many here have, have grown up playing sports like I did? I know you guys, come on, don't lie, come on now, now you're in trouble. Okay, that's better. So, so you all, you, you play sports, but how many, what I mean by that is you're competitive usually when you play sports. And how many know and realize this, there was always somebody bigger, there was always somebody faster, always somebody that could, that could throw the ball farther, hit the ball farther, run faster, and so forth. Well, I was that guy, no, I'm just kidding. No, there's always somebody like that, right? There's always somebody like that. And so what I mean by that is you can't impress God. There's nothing you can say or do that can impress God. Only Jesus Christ can impress God. How can I do that? By applying Jesus Christ into my life. Jesus Christ in your life impresses God quite a bit. In fact, he says, may I love you. That's what he says. May my servant whom I love. And I want you to... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but that is, that is the good news that Jesus Christ wants you to do. In fact, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Do, I did this week. I did it already. But I began to say, Lord, because I came down with a cold around Wednesday and I was up in Reading and I wasn't feeling good at all. And I had to come back home early. Um, but, but I began to say, Lord, this is your servant, Rick, whom you love. Help me to feel better. This is your servant, Rick, whom you love because of that text right there. You can do the same thing. I challenge you to do that this week, today. Well, in fact, let's just say it right now. Just, I'm going to say, we're all going to say this together. Lord, this is your servant. And then you put in your name. And then we're going to say whom you love. Lord, this is your servant, Rick, whom you love. Now say it again. Say it again. That's powerful when you say that. And it kind of seems foreign when you begin to say that because you're not used to saying that. And you know why? Because you're, you don't have a proper understanding of God's love for you. God wants you to know that there's nothing you can say, do, that's going to impress him or make you love him more than he already loves you right now. He's already done it all. He's already shown you all. He loves you right now the same yesterday, today, and forever. That will never, ever change. Amen? God's love is amazing. And this morning, as I close this morning, God wants you to know today that you are the one He loves. You are the one He loves. So this week, I want you to do that. Begin to say, Lord, (coughs) excuse me, this is Rick, whom you love. Lord, help me with this. Help me with that. But I want you to start that prayer with that. Begin it like that. And remind yourself how much he loves you. See, God already knows that you love him. And what you're doing is you're reminding yourself of how much God loves you. Amen? Amen. God loves you. I encourage you to do that this afternoon, this evening, sometime today. Maybe do that with your, with your spouse with your family members, do that. Let's not, instead, let's not spend the rest of our life obsessing over our weaknesses, our inconsistencies of where we fail Him, of, of, of what we've done wrong. Rather, why not focus on 
how he loves you. Amen. Uh, how much that love is ingrained already in you. Let's recognize that following Jesus is far more about his love for us than your love for him. Can you say amen this morning? I want you to recognize that this morning before you leave. I hope you, you have recognized that, that this morning God does love you. And again, I don't want you to think that just because he loves you, he doesn't care how you live. No, 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 no. You have mis, misheard everything I've said today. God does love you, but he, he's concerned for you. He's not, he's not going to leave you right where you're at. He wants to take you by the hand like he did that text collector and says, Come, follow me. Follow me as I love you. Watch as I love you. Let me teach you. Let me share with you. And when we begin to do that, we can begin to walk in his love. Amen? Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, we love you. We truly do. But Lord, this morning, I, I just re recognize that, Lord, that your word tells us so much about how you loved us, about how you love us. And sometimes the world and its message can be confusing to us that it's, it should be based on performance, uh, how much we love you and this and that. And, and Lord, in reality, that has nothing to do with it. Lord, you loved us yet when we were even sinners, the Bible says. Lord, I know that the angels rejoice in heaven when one turns to you. And I know that turns your heart to joy when we turn our lives, uh, when we turn our backs uh, to sin and we begin to walk in your love. And I pray this morning that we would recognize that great love from above, that great love that comes from you, Lord, that we would quit obsessing now and in the future about performance. It's not about that, Lord. It's about your love. Because I know that when we recognize that, we begin to serve you. We begin to walk in, in the giftings that you've given us. And, and they don't become work, Lord. They become joy. It becomes a joy to serve you. It becomes a joy to come to church. It becomes a joy to worship. It becomes a joy to get up at three in the morning and begin to pray and to do worship. It becomes a joy, Lord, because that's because we are recognizing that you love us. So, Father, I pray this morning, there's anybody here this morning that needed to hear that. Maybe, maybe you're struggling through something right now. And I want to pray for you this morning. But if there's somebody up here seated right now that you needed to hear that and, and you want me to pray for you, just raise your hand this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. Amen. 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 Maybe there's someone here that you want to just, you want to recommit your life back to Christ where it should be. I never want to lose that opportunity as well. But if there's someone here that wants to recommit their life back to Christ, maybe that's you today and you've walked away and you need to be back where God wants you to be. If that's you, just raise your hand this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, God, we thank you this morning for your precious love. Church, why don't you stand with me this morning as we close out this morning.
Father, we praise you and we thank you. Thank you for your precious love, Lord. Help us to understand truly that you first loved us. Behold, I am your servant that you love. The Bible says that. Behold, these are the servants that you love, Lord. Every one of them, Lord. And Father, I pray that you make that more real today in their life than ever before. And that God, that you would continue to walk with them, that you would strengthen them, that God, that you would be their favor, that you would be their strength, their light, that they would continue to be the salt of the earth everywhere they go, Father. And Lord, as we leave from this place today, Lord, I pray, God, your blessings upon every family, upon every man, every woman, every child. Protect us, Lord, in these last days, Father. Lord, the enemy goes about seeking whom he may devour, the Bible says. But I know that as the people of God, we are protected. We have your blessings. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We put our trust in you this morning, Father. We thank you for your precious hand. And Lord, we love you this morning. And thank you in Jesus' name.